Well, thank you for listening today. Today's message is going to sound a little bit different. Ethan is going to be interviewing Dr. Chad Wills. You'll be hearing more about him soon. Ethan and Chad are going to be discussing adjustments to parenting in a pandemic here at Fellowship Community Church North Campus. If this message makes an impact on your life, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review and to share with your friends and family on social media. Well, here is adjustments to parenting in a pandemic. Well, we're glad to have you in our services here this morning. Um, with me on stage is Dr. Chad Wills. Uh, Chad, how long have you had your doctorate? Just about three months. Now. <laughs> three yeah. months now. Still fresh. Yeah, still fresh. Do you, do you feel normal calling you Dr. Dr. Wills, Dr. Chad? It's still a little weird. Yeah, yeah. still a little weird. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have Chad on stage with me this morning. Um, we're going to be looking at adjustments in parenting in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and in this, if you're not a parent, don't check out. A lot of what Chad's going to be talking about today applies to you personally in your life. Um, but before we get into that, I want to introduce to you, Chad. Uh, I'm going to give you his intellectual background, I guess you'd say, his resume of sorts uh, to give him the qualification or the confidence in, in what he says. He is, uh, has his bachelor's in psychology from UVA at Wise, master's in counseling and human development from Radford University, and now his doctorate in clinical psychology from Capella Universi- University. Uh, He has worked in many health settings and schools from homeless and domestic violence shelters, adolescent group homes, and alternative education schools. He has experience working with children and families that suffer from a variety of conditions such as, but not limited to, autism spectrum disorders, ADHD, bipolar, learning disabilities, OCD, ODD, and other social emotional issues. And Chad, that is your resume, but I want you to share with the, with the people, get who you are as a father, as a professional counselor, as a child of the living, sure. living king. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, and um, thank you for having me. And, and whenever I say that I, I take this on humbly, I, I genuinely do. If, if we talk about feelings and, and different things, and we're going to talk more about that, it's, I'm excited to be here. I think this is truly important, and I hope that each of you walks away with something that speaks to you and, and that the Holy Spirit works through and in us, but if I'm also being honest about my feelings, there's this touch of feeling unworthy, you know, I, I take this position very highly, I mean, I'm sitting beside the man that baptized my daughter, and um, I, so I don't take it lightly, and in that process, I also recognize that feelings can be accurate, I am not worthy, however, through Christ, and through sanctification, and through the Holy Spirit, um, I believe we can get something good accomplished today. Mm-hmm, absolutely. When, uh, when we set our, our teaching and preaching calendar, um, there was two weekends where, where as the North Campus pastor, I was given the opportunity to, to teach or preach on anything that I wanted to. And the first time was two weeks ago when I titled Galatians chapter 2 and the, the family of God. And, and, and when I was told this months ago, I said, I really want to teach on that. And the second thing is I want to give some very practical and Christ-centered help to parents and families of the adjustments that can be and need to be made in the midst of this pandemic uh, from, a, from a Christ-centered perspective. And so I called Chad, and I think I sent you an email first. and was like, hey, man, here's what I'm looking at. Would you be interested? He said, sure, I'd be interested. Let's sit down. So we met at uh, Evie's. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Evie's maybe, yeah. Bistro? Evie's, maybe. Maybe. Oh, it was amazing. Like in downtown Roanoke, go there. It was amazing. 
And uh, so we had, a, we had a good lunch that day for like two hours, I think it was. Pretty good It felt like good 10 time. minutes. Yeah, it goes yeah. quick. And we can bounce off of one another. So <laughs> yeah, we raise can. your hand and tell us to calm down if we need to. <laughs> That's right. And so in that, uh, Chad is not just a theoretical pr- pr- person. He does have the degrees to back what he's going to say, but he's very practical. He's a practitioner of psychology. He's also a dad. A lot of what he's going to talk and teach about this morning, he's had to learn it through living it and seen in his own daughter's life. And so I want to, uh, the big goal for this morning, I want three things to be accomplished. The first is for you to, to know this. You're not alone. You're not the only one in the midst of this. Even though with all the social isolation and all that, you're not alone in this. The second thing that I want us to, to get away is to provide some helpful guidance and some practical tips to equip you in a Christ-centered way into parenting and helping in the midst of a pandemic. And thirdly is to resource you. Um, We'll be posting on the North Campus Facebook group throughout the week of uh, resources in different areas that Chad is going to tell us um, so we can take some practical next steps in our family of becoming healthier in a more Christ-centered way. And so the way that this morning is going to look is it's going to look like a conversation. I'm going to ask Chad a question. We have three questions that I've pre-written, but then in the midst of it, I might say, hang on, I want to dig a little deeper than that. Um, So that's how this morning is going to look, and we're going to go through that. And then after the service, Chad is going to be up here. If you have any questions or anything that you want to ask him specifically to pick his brain, feel free to do so. He's, he's made himself available in that. So the first thing I want us to look at, Chad, is what uh, has called, caused some of the greatest disruptions in families in the midst of this COVID pandemic? Sure. And again, many of you have lived this. I'm just putting some words and, and names to it, but... Um, the, on one, on the specific levels, we have the small things. We have the irritation of, oh, forgot my mask again, and you storm back to the car. <laughs> I've done that one plenty. Um, all the way up to the large thing. After the first service, someone walked up to me and talked to me and said, uh, my grandmother died of COVID a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, so it's real. We have this broad spectrum of annoyance to deep pain going on, and uh, those are all very concrete and realistic things. What I'm going to talk about a little bit is the psychological side underneath of that, which is um, we're in the midst of suffering and we're in the midst of a, a grief process that has a lot of different pieces to it. And um, I'm keep talking about that. You want me yeah, go yeah, for all it. Right. And so then in grief, you know, people are pretty familiar with things like shock and anger and going through different sort of stages, but they don't always go quite as neatly as they write them up in the book, so to speak. <laughs> um, and so this leads to some degree of suffering or some degree of checking out. And um, checking out can have its own purposes and, and different functions for us as well. Um, but in this process, um, many of us, I would say, have experienced an increased level of irritability. I would certainly call myself in that category. Um, And my daughter could testify to it, I'm sure, uh, during our different times in the office together and doing virtual schooling and and everything else. Um, So in those different components, we we have to sort of recognize what we're going through. Mm -hmm. And anger is one of those emotions that we can tune into greatly but we need to recognize it's not by itself, okay? So anger can be traveling with sorrow, pain, joy, nervousness, discomfort. And so we have to sort of 
release that in order to effectively work with the anger, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I like to tie in research to what I'm talking about and just to kind of drive my point home, um, I want to cover as much biblical principles as possible, um, but I recognize there are people in this room that know far more about the Bible than I do. What I'm trying to do is tie psychology into to the truth that Christ is the king and that he sits on the throne and he knows what's happening, that we're not alone like anybody. And with that being said, I'm going to bring up a very interesting research study in which um, they took a group of children and they tested them to see what their IQs were, okay? This is a very common process. And um, just so you know, IQ is ranked 100 would be considered to be normal or average, okay? Whatever normal is, <laughs> right? That's a whole other top, uh, topic or talk. So then they purposely frustrated these children just a little bit. Nothing, you know, no one was abused, okay? Um, and then they got them to fill out surveys on how frustrated they were. They took the group of children that were the most frustrated and they retested them on the intelligence test. So obviously their scores went down, right? We could guess that. How much did they drop? If, if 10 or 15 points is a pretty big drop and it puts you in a different category, how much do you think their IQ dropped by being frustrated? Come on, be brave, somebody. 30. I heard a 30. Was that an answer from the previous? <laughs> I think someone was listening. It's exactly 30. I mean, the spirit's really moving or someone's got a good memory, but that's awesome. Exactly 30 points, okay? So uh, just to put that in perspective, by becoming angry, by becoming frustrated, you go from functioning pretty much at your best to an intellectually disabled handicap level of functioning. And I think we've all been carrying an extra layer of irritation, and there's a level of suffering that goes into that. And so we've got to recognize this and do some things to recover and pull back from that. So you're also saying when I'm mad at Katie that that's not the best time to have a conversation with her? I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you said that first service, I was just blown away of how much anger can control what our mind does. And I just was thinking about, like, kids and how many of you have parents I've seen post on social media. It's like if a child is frustrated, they're not thinking at their best level. They're not performing, per se, at, at their top in that. Um, can you talk a little bit about, like, I know you talk about, like, the suffering aspect and the grief aspect. Mm -hmm. how, how do you see America, or the, the families and the parents that you communicate with, short-circuiting or handling the grief process that COVID has brought? Sure. And, and again, I, I think I've heard... Um, I know I've heard Ken and Kevin, and I believe Ethan preach on this as well, is there's, there's different levels of suffering. And, um, you know, going through my own processes of loss of a brother, loss of loved ones, going through a divorce, really painful times in my life. Um, there are certain aspects of suffering that is God's plan, and we must learn to accept, and we acknowledge that pain. And then there's other pieces of it where we create our own suffering. Absolutely. And we run into the brick wall, and we run into the brick wall, and we say, why isn't the wall doing what I want? <laughs> but we do that a lot. And I'm, I'm trying to help us in this talk to pull back from that and recognize where the brick wall is and know that it's okay to be frustrated, but to redirect from that wall. And so 
I think a big answer to doing that um, is to regain some structure. That's the other big loss we've had is we realize how much school impacts our society and how important teachers are. Oh my goodness. Education and the rhythm that comes with that life and um, you know, there's, there's children that rely on that for food and for nurture and for a safe place and, and all that. And it's really hard. I, sometimes I struggle with the right words, but to be seven years old and have your world flipped upside down, a seven-year-old's not going to express that by saying, I really miss X, Y, and Z, and mm. that's why I'm frustrated right now. Mm. They're just going to go, blah. Uh, let me, I'm going to interject here. How you stop me right at the blah. Yeah, you sorry. Know? That was a good time. Yeah. As a parent, because I think you hit a chord right there, you have a child that can't identify that X, Y, and Z that's causing the explosions, that's causing the, the bursts of fit or outrage. What are some things that parents can do to help that child identify those things? Yeah. Well, you know, if it's an intense enough level and you've already tried a lot of different things, obviously I'm going to recommend considering therapy, reaching out to trusted others and that kind of thing. But I also think it's uh, a creation of um, rhythm, and I'm going to talk more about that, but I also think it's going to be creating room and environment and modeling that like a safe place for that to happen. And um, sort of segues into, I want to show you this. Um, this little creation was done by my daughter. She's nine years old, and it's called Rainbow Town. And you open it, and it keeps going. And it keeps going, sort of like Dad. He just keeps talking. <laughs> pretty innovative. Yeah. So it's pretty big, okay? So this was done the very first day um, of virtual online schooling at Dad's office. So <laughs> not necessarily the best planning on my behalf. Um, this would have been great if it, Ethan guessed it was an art project. Actually, this was just, she was overwhelmed, and she checked out, and she took my art supplies and um, did what she felt like. Mm. And so, as tempting as it was to lose my cool on her, uh, luck luckily enough, she used a lot of orange, and I like orange, and that was good. <laughs> um, but it, I was able to realize she was overwhelmed, and she just did her best with it. And I think a lot of us, I've seen a lot of people who I believe truly are doing their best with it. Um, it is not easy. I want to validate that you have a right to feel some frustration. That doesn't mean you're instantly sinning. And Jesus laid that one on us when he said, be angry but do not sin, um, which is probably one of the hardest tasks I think he put out there. But if you're going to check out, the message that I would say is you can check out towards the good. You can check out towards prayer. You can check out towards a walk. You can check out towards talking to someone who you know when you call them up, you're both going to feel better afterwards. Um, so we, had, we still retain that choice, that free will that I want to emphasize. Yeah, that's good. Um, when we talk about a little bit of the, uh, the suffering and the grief part of it, how can parents help their children while they're struggling as well. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, it's almost become cliche in my industry, but this really does come back to some level of, of self-care and practicing what you preach and modeling. Um, and the segue to that, though, is through structure, I think we can create some comfort. And what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm going to 
pull on the research and you'll see how this ties in. Another research study, they essentially put people on a rather strict schedule. You ate at a certain time, you exercised at a certain time, you went to bed at a certain time. And they measured their cortisol levels. Cortisol, stress, stress, stress hormone uh, in your body. And it lets you, uh, it can do some good things actually. Like it can give you a little adrenaline. It can help your mind focus. Um, right now I probably have a little bit of cortisol in my body because I'm speaking in front of a group. And that's actually a good thing because you wouldn't want me to be sleepy sitting here. That <laughs> wouldn't be fun. Just fall off the chair. Yeah. I just, yeah what's wrong with his cortisol? You know? <laughs> um, but we're not intended to keep cortisol pumping constantly. It's hard on the system. It's like a race car that's just constantly running and never getting an oil change, so to speak. And so um, they measured their cortisol levels in this study, and then they just started messing with their schedules a little bit. They threw them off by 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a few hours. Um, all right, this time, no one from the previous service guessed on this. <laughs> What do you think was the amount of time it took before the cortisol went and it really became an issue? How, how much time do you think it took? Somebody. Ten minutes? Good guess. Anybody else? Fifteen? I got an hour? Yeah. So the answer is an hour. Okay? So little changes, and again, this is for the average person, but after an hour, boom. So how do we translate that, obvious, helping ourselves out? Well, I think it's somewhat obvious, and I don't know how many teenagers and young adults, and sorry if I'm stepping on toes right now, have said to me, I don't have a Zoom meeting till 11, so it doesn't matter. I'll go to bed at 3 tonight, and then the next day when I have to be up for school at 7, because I'm in a hybrid program, I'll go to bed at like 11 or 12 then. Your body doesn't work real, real well in that fashion. You're, you're putting yourself behind, so to speak. And so what we can do is use that hour to structure our life without becoming super rigid about it either. Okay, so it's not like, all right, kids, it's 12 o'clock and you're slamming doors and everyone better go to sleep now because that's not how people go to sleep, right? <laughs> it's something to remember. I, I love it when people are like, I've told him, I told him 10 times, and he still didn't go to sleep. <laughs> you, you were talking to him, but anyway. Um, so with that being said, we can structure things. And so I, I mean this in a very practical way. If you normally eat at 12 o'clock, and you're coming along, and you guys get involved in something, and it's something really important, and it's not a good time to stop, okay, don't. But when you look down, and it's 1245, Really good idea to just throw the brakes. You know what? Let's eat. This will wait. And we're having to do a lot of waiting, and that can be very hard for us. But it ties in with one of my favorite verses, which is Isaiah 40, 31. And I imagine most of you know it. Different versions. Some use hope. Some use wait. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And we've been having to do a lot of waiting, but we still have hope. We still have hope. Mm -hmm. So in this, I was, I was processing as you, was, you were talking. We're going through a grief process. 
but I, I was talking to Chad about this. I don't think we even realized we were supposed to be grieving. You know, when COVID first hit, it was like, oh, in two weeks we'll be back to normal. By Easter we'll be back to normal. We're not almost nine months deep into this, and we're not even close to normal. How many of you parents, your kid lost a sports season? How many of you parents lost a recital? How many of you parents lost something? How many of you children, your students, you lost something? You were going through grieving and you didn't even realize it. Therefore, you can't healthily grieve a loss. So you compile that with a, a, a lack schedule, structure, system. Like, I wish that our mind was boxed out and it was just like, yeah, I can grieve and then now I can put a stretcher. But like, I think, do you, what would you say the complications things going on? Have you, have you seen anything that would, would lead to that? Of Well, I think you summarize it well. And so we, it is. It's like all interlinked, right? You, we don't get the option of compartmentalizing it. To the positive, if we allow it to flow, um, spiritually speaking, that's not compartmentalized either. Mm. We tend to be the ones that kind of put the block in there and mm. insert our own that's good. Um, fear or worry or whatnot. But... Help me out with that. Yeah, so in that, like the, 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 the compounding effect of not properly grieving, loss of structure, rhythm, and the life in okay, the home yeah. of school, all that. All right, so, so essentially, you know, we have our expectations that we had before, mm. and we have what's a realistic for us to be able to achieve right now, and there's this large gap. And so it's going to require a little bit of movement on both pieces to meet the gap so to speak. So the expectation has to come down. You know, I didn't have a realistic expectation that day. Got that one wrong. Okay. <laughs> she, she rallied and was resilient. Good for her. Um, but also, we've got to do the self-care things. We've got to do the taking time to just get outside, keeping some rhythm, keeping some structure, keeping in touch with others, keeping our prayer life going, that sort of thing. I was talking to Chad two weeks ago we were processing some of this over the phone and he was talking about the rise in, in anxiety and the rise of stress. And he said, I don't, you know, I don't know if you remember saying this tonight, but he said, structured time equals lower stress and anxiety. So when you bring a structure around a family, around a child, you're going to see a, a, a decrease in the stress and anxiety in that family. Um, and then I think it's just beneficial for us. Talk about the, like you talk about expectations here. What would you say is an expectation of a family of, coming up with a new family rhythm of life. Yeah, and I, I think expectations are a big part of this grief cycle. And in some ways, those may be the things lingering even more. And so um, adjusting those expectations, you know, uh, I think I'm, I won't make anyone raise hands here, but who's used more electronics in the past eight months, right? I mean, come on. Absolutely. I saw somebody pause. I saw somebody post on Facebook or AEP sent them an email and was like, your house has consumed 43% more electricity than, than this year last, this yeah. month last year. I was like, I'm, no doubt. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think that would be a surprise to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I think we need that, that level of flexibility. We need to go there. We need to acknowledge the emotion. We need it. But we also have to have enough structure and enough background to say, move forward. And uh, I know I'm hitting the, the structure and rhythm point kind of hard, but it's just so critical because 
when there's so much uncertainty, will be this. Mm. You're giving your kid a gift whenever this is certain. Mm. You come back to me, and I will be this. Mm. You come back to me, and I will be this. You come at me with anger, I will be this. You come mm. up with fear, I will be this. And so we're attempting, and we'll never get it perfectly right, we're attempting to do God's process of unconditional love. Mm. Come back to me. Come back to me. I'm here. And that's what we're looking for. Wow. How we can be imitators of Christ to our kids. Yeah. Um, what would you, or what have you seen that people are doing that they shouldn't be doing, or vice versa? Yeah, the, the should not list. Um, and again, I'm sure you've experienced some of this. I, I think, again, I'm not trying to step on toes. Each situation is unique. But um, the move towards 100% virtual, um, heavy uh, social isolation, um, you know, any sort of deep disconnected kind of thing has not worked out well for the people that I've been close to and, and around. And so it's nice for me to see your faces, physically see your faces here. Um, now, I understand severe medical illness. Those are exceptions, obviously. I mean, I have a family, that, well, I have more than one family with a family member with cancer. So they're making the right choice for them. I, I respect that. I understand that. doesn't make it easy, mm. of course. Um, but I think, you know, that sort of thing is, is very difficult. Um, folks who are in physical and financial limitations, uh, who already had strained relationships going into this that were already teetering on the edge, well, now they've been pushed off the edge a little bit. Um, and I think I want to talk a lot about our, our mindset. You know, folks who enter into this with a very unforgiving mindset, um, a mindset that, you know, must be just like this and doesn't have much grace to it, is going to struggle in this um, because, you know, if, if we were following the six feet rule, I mean, I, I don't know that we were about four and a half, five. Luckily, um, God's love doesn't work that way. And nor do viruses work that way either. It's not like at this point, it I'm, I'm safe, I'm not safe. Yeah. But, you know, we, we need guidelines, though. And so we try and respect that guideline. And in the same way, those boundaries and those guidelines can be helpful to others. Um, just one other point. Disconnection. No, that's good. Yeah. In that, I was thinking about it as you were talking, uh, Chad, was uh, facing fear with wisdom. Mm. And facing the unknowns um, with wisdom and what we're doing in each person. It's not like there's a clear-cut cookie cutter. This is how we should always do this. And every life, every family's a little bit different. has a little different nuance to it. Um, and realizing that we've got to ask God for wisdom. Some of you may have heard me teach on this before. The Second Samuel chapter 5 and 6. Where David inquired of the Lord about how to defeat the Philistines. And they were, the setup was exactly the same. But God gave him two different ways to defeat them when he asked. Because God gave him wisdom to, to discern and, and to, to launch into that. Um, every one of you have a, a Play-Doh. Or any other things you want to, before we get into the Play-Doh? Yeah, let me, can I cover a couple? Absolutely. got time? You just cut yes, me sir. off. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I talk too much. Yeah, <laughs> the, um, you know, talking about the uniqueness of each family situation. I, I know there's families in here. Um, who have dealt with foster care and uh, adoption and, uh, or maybe have a child with special needs or 
um, on the autism spectrum or things like that. So, so obviously some of these things are going to be applied in a different manner. Um, in fact, I've seen some of the, the families uh, that have done plenty of foster care kind of thrive in this scenario because they're like, we're kind of used to adapting and overcoming and facing mm -hmm. things with fear. Um, they show that ability to, to go with the flow, but still they know where the, the line is drawn. And so I, I think that's really critical. Um, yeah, I just want to bring up one last uh, piece of research uh, that I think is important for us to consider. And that is that on average, you have 10 to 20,000 thoughts per day. Okay? And if you think about if that thought is rooted in fear, worry, and how could it not be at times in this society? I'm giving you permission to feel these things because that's part of the human experience. Um, wh where do your thoughts then go and where do they lead you? I can't. What if? It, it becomes sort of a mindset and we can easily start thinking there's too many roadblocks and, and give up and check out and, and not always check out to the positive. And so that sort of leads us into the, the example we're going to go through with the Play-Doh and the Rock. Go for it. Yeah, dig in. Also, I want to thank guest services who took the time to peel all the little plastic off the top of these things and get rid of it, because you'd be amazed how long people will struggle with that. So yay for them. That's good. Um, and what I'd like you to do, you can take your Play-Doh out, One little segue, you can squeeze it, have fun with it. But I was fortunate enough to grow up um, in church and have parents that took me to church and um, had a little Sunday school teacher that would sing, this is the day to us. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's been kind of hard to rejoice at times lately, guys. And that's okay. Right, that's okay. It's okay to feel that. Um, the quicker you get to recognizing that feeling and the quicker you release that feeling, we can get back to remembering God's on his throne and that we have lots to rejoice about that's bigger than this world. So I'm going to ask you to kind of cut out all distractions and close your eyes with me if you're comfortable. If not, that's okay. I've got my eyes closed. And I want you to put your energy into the one hand with the rock. Just focus on the rock. Squeeze your hand as hard as you can without hurting yourself, of course. Squeeze it tightly. Rub it. Move it. Obviously, you begin to recognize it's not changing. And I want you to imagine and think about what the rock represents. It represents some of the things that are out of our control. It represents the things only God can control. That could be COVID-19 itself. That could be a relationship with someone who won't speak with you anymore. It could be whatever immovable object you imagine. It's bigger than you 
but it's not bigger than God. And as you put your focus into that rock, I want you to recognize that you need to turn that over to God. You need to literally let it go. I want you to be brave enough to unclench your hand and let your rock drop. Let it go. Very good. And in your opposite hand, you have Play-Doh. You can squeeze it. You can move it. You can change it. You can make something of it. Imagine what the Play-Doh represents. It may be taking the time to pause and focus on one of the fruits of the Spirit before you talk with a family member. It may be just a general attitude. Picture yourself making that happen. Praying more, pausing more, smiling more. Because this is the day. This is the day that God still reigns and we can make the choice to let go of what we don't need to hold on to and make something of what appreciate was given to us. This is the day. Ethan, if you'd pray for us, I'd appreciate it. Father, thank you for your goodness. Father, thank you for the wisdom that you've given to us as men and women. Lord, I thank you for Chad. Um, Lord, I pray that someone experience healing um, and some practical things to do to help in the family. Um, Lord, to lower anxiety, to lower stress. Lord, to um, handle our emotions, our feelings, and ourselves in a Christ-honoring way because you know every intricate detail of who we are and whose we are. And Lord, I pray that we would be like this Plato, that as I look at it, I see my fingerprints all over it. And Lord, if I'm like this Plato, I watch your hand mold and shape me. And as Philippians chapter 2 says, that I am your workmanship, created for good works. That I am a poem, I am a masterpiece of yours being created, shaped by your hands, by the circumstances, everything around us. Father, I thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray that as we leave here, that some bit of us would be changed. Lord, maybe for some it would be a large piece. Maybe just some wisdom had caught hope to us and it changed us in how we parent and how we live and how we handle ourselves so we become more like you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Fellowship Community Church North Campus this morning. I hope you uh, enjoyed Dr. Chad Wills and he'll be up here if you have any questions or want to ask him anything or pick his brain. He's up here to do so. Uh, But we love you. Have a great week. Well, thank you for listening to Adjustments to Parenting in a Pandemic. I hope that you enjoyed Chad's conversation with Ethan today and it helped you in your personal life and your your parenting life. Ethan's next teaching will be on December 13th. If you'd like to go ahead and automatically get this without having to worry about remembering when this is, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. And once again, feel free to leave us a rating and review on whatever platform that you listen to your podcast. We hope to see you soon here at Fellowship Community Church.